On this podcast, we talk to equestrian sculptor Emma Tate. She talks to us about her riding career, her accomplishments as an artist, and her plans for the future. Her work was previously featured at the World Equestrian Games and at the Dutch Masters. You can see Emma's sculptures on her Instagram, Emma Tate Ceramics, or in several magazines, including Bit Magazine and Chronicle of the Horse. It's so cool to think that we're talking to you all the way from the Netherlands. Yeah. I can't believe it. That's amazing to me. This is how my mom has sustained me <laughs> living over here. She oh. really wasn't uh, thrilled when my six-month trip turned into 10 years. <laughs> so the fact that we can video chat is our way of making it work. So it's so cool yeah. how we can, yeah, just clearly understand one another through just chatting over the phone. Where are you originally from? Just I'm just wondering. I'm from Syracuse, New York. Okay. Okay. Just wondered. Interesting. Yeah. So how did you yeah. make that move? Because you were also in Australia, right? And then... Wow. The, yeah, the I did a, a semester abroad in Australia I, in 2010. So, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I just always... I kind of went to school because um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do yet, but I knew I wanted to study abroad. So wow. <laughs> I basically went to school to study abroad, but... Um, so, you know, an expensive study abroad trip, basically, but, um, it it worked out nicely. It was still a really great experience. Um, and then, but that was still, that was my senior year of school. And then in between school and here, I lived in Rochester, New York, where I was riding and doing some art and just Mm -hmm. living with a friend. Um, and then the woman who I was riding with, she's a family friend. And um, also a great horsewoman. And she had a friend in the Netherlands who was looking for a working student assistant. So mm. I was just in a time in my life where I was ready to go anywhere, mm. especially here. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just wanting to, to continue riding. And, um, and so I thought I, I wanted to get a horse and, and continue my dressage career. And, you know, that's that went awry a little bit, but um, it still was really nice to get an experience with a trainer over here. But yeah, I came over for, um, with, within a couple months of, of chatting to uh, the trainer here, we uh, arranged, I think I left, yeah, like two months, two months later or something. It was July, 2013 um, or June, 2013. And uh, I came over for like six months to a year mm-hmm. experience and here I am. <laughs> so, so you start, just, you, uh, you do dressage, you said you're interested, that's your, you know, how did, did you get started with horses like at an earlier age or did you, you know, or did you come into it, you know, like later in, in your teens or? Um, I did. I was right from the get go. My dad uh, is a blacksmith and my mom trains okay. dressage as well. So oh, wow. she, we, was, we have a little horsey family. I'm an only child, but um, uh-huh. uh, I kind of grew, uh, was born into the yep. horse gene. Yes, you were. <laughs> so yep. yeah, and you know, that never goes away. So, no. um, so I was, yeah, I was really lucky just to have the opportunity or just the resources for the horses because you know sometimes if your family isn't involved it's really hard to to figure it out because Mm -hmm. there's just you know one of the more expensive sports for sure Mm -hmm. yeah but um yeah and and not to when when you have an understanding from your family to know what it takes it's really that's really nice way to get started so um 
so yeah, I, I got started really right away. I was around the horses. Um, we had a farm just down the road from our house um, who uh, are really, they were kind of like grandparents to me. And they, mm-hmm. um, it was a small, I think maybe seven to 10 horses. And I had um, a pony at the time and they built a little stall on wheels and we just would push them out of the way. <laughs> oh, how cute. That is darling. Isn't that cute? What's oh, that? That's so cute. <laughs> that's definitely- yeah, yeah. So you know, it's, they made it work for me, which was really nice. And then um, <laughs> my parents also purchased a horse that they uh, he he was also he was a Dutch warm blood, but they had purchased him in Canada, I believe. And he uh, when I was just born, so we grew up together. We had him until he was twenty seven. Mm-hmm. And so we trained, my, my mom trained him and then I was able to ride him in junior and rider championships. And it was just, a, he was really the like sole, you know, um, yeah, the reason why I think dressage was just such a big part of my life mm-hmm. and horses because he was just a really special horse, that one of a kind horse mm-hmm. that in your life. And I had him early, so I was lucky in a way, but Hopefully I'll have another horse like him at some point, but yes. yeah, he was, yeah. he was really what brought our family together in the horse world, I have to say. Aww. Mm-hmm. Aww. That's really, yeah. that's amazing how horses can do that. And it's sometimes uh, just totally. one horse, you know, you're lucky if you get one, let alone if other, right. another one does come along. But I understand that, you know, very well what you're saying, you know, so that's pretty cool. So what did you learn yeah. from your parents? Your dad was a blacksmith and your mom is a dressage trainer. Did you like either one of those better than the other or did you just do your own thing? That's, um, I, I think we were a good team in that way because um, kind of coming back to the sport being financially, you know, unfriendly sometimes, yeah. we were really great in that my dad kind of kept our horse sound. My mom, you know, knew how to trade. And then I, she wasn't crazy about showing. So luckily I like the showing aspect of it. So, mm-hmm. um, so I can't, I mean, I was really interested in, what my dad did and what's interesting now is that I find myself like the metal the metal smith like the actual mm. sculpture work of it mm-hmm. I would be more interested in now yeah um but I the training like further into my career I was able to do some teaching and some clinics too and I really loved that part of it just yeah. to be able to share the feeling yeah. of you know um or try to try to share the feeling of of uh, what I was feeling up on the horse and um, and just getting to work with all different types of horses and riders. So I would have mm-hmm. to say, I think I was more, I more enjoyed that part of it, but I respected the part that my dad did because that's such a big, yes. ask, you know, the feet are your horse basically. Yeah, yep. So yes. I, uh, really respect that knowing, knowing, uh, how every horse is a little different and, you know, it's like, on a pair of sneakers it's not one size fits all for sure yeah well you're an athlete and an artist and did your creativity start at a young age did you start like even drawing or how did that begin for you yeah also um now looking back on it I don't think I would have I realized now I was really artsy when I was younger I maybe didn't realize just how much until now but um 
I, my mom also is a painter and a drawer, so I, I think, mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm a replica of my parents at this point. They, um, yes, yeah, she, they both were quite creative, but I, I think I just really got, I really enjoyed drawing, and um, in school I took art, and even in, in university when I didn't think I was going to carry out an art degree or a, a career in art, I took an art um, class each semester just mm-hmm. to kind of, I just liked having that mm-hmm. included in the mix. Just I think it helped get through each semester. Um, so which those was, classes seem to be the hardest classes. <laughs> so you didn't go to school for art. You weren't an art major. You just were taking art classes. Right. Uh, yeah. So that was kind of a part of like hmm. me finding my identity a little bit. Uh, well, I, I think I changed my major like three times. I ended up in the end getting um, a health sports a science degree, which is so random, <laughs> but, but I got one. And, then, um, and it was nice because I think it took me at, at first sight, I think I was bio, uh, just a normal bio uh, degree. I can't even remember now. But yeah, in the end, I got like a sports um, science degree. And then I just took the art classes thinking, oh, these are nice. You know, mm-hmm. just, it's nice to, to just think in a different way and, and have do some creating. Uh, but it wasn't until I came back from studying abroad, I had one more semester to go. So it was my senior year. And my one of my best friends at school was a ceramics uh, major. And she said she knew that I had taken a, art classes throughout my, my time there and said she, they had room in their figure sculpting class. And that's not something I had tried before. I did like a little bit in high school, but nothing to, you know, make me realize that I really liked it. Mm-hmm. So um, right away, we did a self-portrait <laughs> of ourselves. Oh, yeah. I, I found it not easy, but I found like, oh, wow, I really like working in the clay. Yeah. And then my second sculpture was half of a life-size horse. Oh, <laughs> so my. Like, crazy. Okay, wow. I think I like this. That's <laughs> crazy. I went for it. Yeah. So then I was like, wow, this is actually something I really yeah. enjoy. And, um, and I... The teacher who taught the class was really awesome because he, you know, you you, you don't always get teachers that you click with, but this right. this person, especially with ceramics, there's a lot of technique that that comes with ceramic, but there's also you have to also give yourself space too to be creative and not and just kind of do it the way you want to do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he was really good about that. He kind of he let you, you know, he was there to help because I had such a big hole in my education uh, with ceramic. I didn't really know anything, any of the fundamentals. Uh, um, but he was okay with that, and he just let me, you know, experiment. And then along the way, uh, he would teach me how to do each stage. Uh, uh, and I think that has actually set up my foundation uh, till today, because I wouldn't uh, have had the um, yeah. uh, confidence to really make anything big or yeah you know, really yeah. go for it if it wasn't for that. Yeah. So, you know, God bless the teachers, right? That yeah. that special teacher. You know, I had a teacher in school too, same thing that yeah. really brought out like writing, you know, I in so me, true. you know, and I always think of her, Mrs. Hutchinson Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget uh, her name. But I mean, they open up something in you and then you take off and, and you just grow mm-hmm. from there and you're always thankful to them. So God bless the teachers. It's so you know? true. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yeah. just having somebody that's motivated about what they're doing, yeah. 
you you also get excited about yes. it, even if you know you're new mm-hmm. to the situation. Or mm-hmm. yeah, so I was really grateful to him and my friends yeah. for getting me into the class. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but kicked it off. So, <laughs> yeah. how did you start your business then? Well, that's a good. Question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the business side of things. Oh my gosh, that's always the challenge. Is the yes. business yeah. side of things, yes. but um, I. To be honest, I started it, so when I moved to Amsterdam after the year um, I was working with the trainer, I ended up moving, I I had a horse as well here, um, who in the end I sold because I knew I was still kind of trying to find my identity um, and what I wanted to do. So I took a little break from riding, moved to Amsterdam, um, and within that time I had a lot of random jobs just like working at a retail, working at a cafe, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. trying to get my bearings. Mm-hmm. And um, then another job opportunity came up that was uh, like party, um, not party, but um, event planning, mm-hmm. which I had never done before. I don't know how they thought I was going to be okay Aww. with that job. <laughs> but, um, I somehow got the job. And um, I, but I needed to have be self-employed. So they said, you have to go sign up for a business. So even to this day, it, it's just, I went there. To, I went to the here. It's called the uh, KVK, which is um, where you set up a, a self-employment. And I, you had to fill out this sheet, and it of course says like, "What's your business name, mm-hmm. and what are you going to be doing?" And I didn't know either of those things. <laughs> so they were like, "So you're setting up a business, and you don't know what it's going to be." <laughs> like, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I. Also, somehow I was able to set up a business and they said, well, when you know, you can come back to us and fill in the the description. And so basically I got the, um, at least I got like the number that you needed to be self-employed so that I could do this job for three months or something. And then um, after uh, working at another um, studio space, there's so much involved here but long story short mm-hmm. I found a studio space to rent when I first got to Amsterdam thinking oh I've always, you know the art side always kind of kept me yeah. um, grounded so once I started working for a few months again getting back into the clay I realized um, well my boyfriend then now husband he mm-hmm. was noticing he said well this it seems like you're good at this and you've been doing it so if you why don't you start your business doing art and mm-hmm. for whatever reason I don't think at all, all the years that I've been doing art I don't think I ever thought of it as an actual mm-hmm. what it's actually doing mm-hmm. so um it really was him that was like just go for it you have to do it 100 percent until you really know if it's going to work and so from that day mm-hmm. I said okay I'm working I filled in my description and said uh, I'm a ceramic artist <laughs> you're like you've gone and, from uh, like athlete to artist to entrepreneur now now we've got your <laughs> we're getting your you know you're going right along so God. that's but that's the way entrepreneurs start you know <laughs> it's, it's from lot. an idea it's really awesome but yeah yep mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's so true I, you just have to find once you find your niche it takes a lot of yes. you know just experimenting and investigating (laughs) until finally you're like yeah okay I think this is it and um, so just kind of one thing led to another and you don't even know what the stepping stones are going to be until you look back you know you're like those are so random but they got me to where I am today so it's okay (laughs) that's right Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. did you have an idea of how you were going to even present this or sell this? Or did you start with different, like, you know, we have, um, you know, like little shows here or something, you know, or like, um, um, our, my sister started painting and she just started painting every day, you know, like, mm -hmm. and then she decided, oh, I think this is going to, you know, turn into something and she paints watercolor and it's been turned into something amazing, you know, so did it kind of go that route or, you know, or how did That's you? So yeah. cool. It's, yeah. it's right. Like once you spend time doing something like that and you think, oh, I have a little collection of something, maybe someone will like this. Yeah, it turned into <laughs> um, business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and it's tr that definitely, it got to the point where I was like, that's where the whole business sense, you know, you have to start being everyone in your business, which mm -hmm. is difficult when yes. you don't, don't know, you know, you're marketing, you're the admin person, you're um, for the promotion, <laughs> like every, you're a little bit of everyone, and the accountant, which is the worst part. Yes. But um, yeah, so the... Yeah, basically, I thought, okay, well, now I have, at the time, I was making this certain series of pieces, I guess you could say that um, I had a certain style, and I had maybe, like, 10, 10 to 15 pieces or something that I had finished. And then, yeah, I was like, now what? What do I do with these? Mm -hmm. I can't just keep hauling them around with me. <laughs> right. um, and luckily, that's what's so great about the Netherlands. Uh, is that they have, it's a small country, but they have a lot of equine events. And um, they, at the time, and I had had some background in being able to go to these events um, and had, had acquired some um, just different contacts mm -hmm. in the equine world over here. Uh, luckily, at the time when I was uh, riding, the... Um, my trainer and that friend, but she was had this really great horse and was doing a lot of really cool shows. So I got to kind of go around and get that experience of um, being a, a groom and mm -hmm. uh, just kind of trucking around mm -hmm. and seeing these cool events going on. Um, and so the, I think, where did I go then? Um, I think I had just gone to watch actually the, uh, at the time that I was riding at the small farm just north of Amsterdam because a friend who I met here had horses there. And so somehow I've been able by land to getting to ride there a little bit and, uh, which was so nice. And we went to one of the Hanks hearings, the um, stallion shows here. And I said, Oh, I would really love to show my work here. This is, it's, they have mm -hmm. like, it's a big indoor event. They have, um, a lot of different um, stop, like uh, shopping stalls, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like a two-in-one where people go and mm -hmm. shop a little, watch horses. You know, yes. it's, it's a dressage of Devon. I feel like that's yes. kind of my. Mm -hmm. I love that show, mm -hmm. and that's it, it's kind of like that vibe. Um, and then so she goes, oh well, I know the event manager, and so I was like, well, that's awesome. Can I talk Aww. to her? <laughs> so it was just kind of through, you know, saying, saying what I was, um, you have to just tell other people what your wishes are because you never know yes. how they can help you. Right. Um, so then she got me into the indoor bra bond event, which is in March. It's a really great event in Saratogenbosch, which is um, where a lot of the elite dressage and jumper mm -hmm. riders go. I think it's one of the World Cup events. So it's uh, yeah. to make, um, so they, 
<clears throat> are competing for placement at the World Cup eventually. But um, so it's a nice event. A lot of people go there. They have a lot of really nice um, displays, different artists, um, shop vendors and such. So um, they, I asked if they, this is after a lot of people were kind of giving me advice, like, well, I remember going and walking through the VIP area and they needed art there. Why don't you ask if you can put your art there? And so I did. And they said, oh, yeah, that's great. Can you, you can put your art into our VIP entrance. And wow. that was wow. like my first big exhibition. And, you know, it's just one of those. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You had <laughs> so to be so excited. Um, like yeah. I got asked, I kind of, you know, really had to fish mm-hmm. for it. But um, it ended up being really the kickoff to my career at the mm-hmm. time. Um, and it really, it gave me so much experience. Um, and I, yeah, just reaching out for help as well, getting my stuff there, realizing what it takes to sure. set up your Yes. Your items. Yeah, um, right. There's a lot of work. To, mm-hmm. Oh my God. There's a lot of work. Just, what it you don't know. Just speak yeah. to everybody. Yeah. When it's just I was you. So <laughs> yeah. When it's just you, it's a lot. And then you realize how much you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. You have to figure that out, you know, and then you know how Absolutely. to gauge yourself for the next one. And it kind of goes from there. <clears throat> how, can I ask you this yeah. too? The, the thing that, you know, amazes <laughs> me with like people as creative as you are, there's something inside that is creative that's like stirs inside of you and then out of that comes this creation that's just you know unbelievable and and how do you explain that to somebody you know like somebody that's aspiring to do their art or whatever you know you have it it makes you so happy you're almost like in bliss you know when you do something there's no time that's when you know it's really good i think you know but how did that come through what you're doing now you now you're you're there you're starting to show your pieces and are you getting did then were you getting more inspired in a different way or do you feel like that was always in you and it was just born and then here it is now you put it out there oh um i i think in a way it's always been there because i like to think that these different, I like to think that the horses originally bring out that motivation yes. and kind of mm-hmm. hard work ethic, but then, mm-hmm. you know, you're able to really, um, yeah, I, th- I think all, most of my tale is derived from just the horses yes. from the beginning. Your passion. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, my passion. Yeah, that's um, mm-hmm. what I was looking for. That, mm-hmm. um, and, and now when I'm able to make these pieces, it's, you're right. Like there is no mm-hmm. the time definitely just can go. You don't even know. know. <laughs> you think, know. Mm-hmm. oh, I've been here for an hour and it could be five. Sometimes yes. it's crazy. But mm-hmm. um, when it, yeah, when you're in a good, great workflow and you think you have something in your head that you've, you're envisioning and then you're able mm-hmm. to actually mm-hmm. use your hands to like, you know, make Create. it come to life. I yeah. think that's really a special feeling for sure. And, it, and, it, um, yeah. It's very fulfilling, isn't it? How do you explain that to someone? So fulfilling. Except go try. Try it. Because when you do, you find yeah. out how fulfilling it is. You know, it makes such a difference Absolutely. in your life. And I would say mm-hmm. don't think that it's going to happen the first time either. There you <laughs> because go. Mm-hmm. it took me, you know, a few, um, even, well, you know, during the class, I think that was a big realization where quickly I found out I liked to do that. But then when I took time off and came back to it, mm-hmm. it took me a little while to believe in myself again, mm-hmm. because I was thinking, I thought I, you know, I was good at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, but you have yeah. to, you have to, I also was 
not making horses originally. So, you know, I'm not going to be as passionate about making bulls as mm-hmm. I am yes. horses or, and um, so, yeah, I, I would say just, if it's something you like, you just have to try a few, you know, keep, keep trying several times because it's not always going to be the first time that the yes. light bulb moment you yes. know, is happening. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The other question I would have is, um, you know, coming into a business and you're doing every part of the business yourself. What is your um, what would you tell people that are starting something like how did you know how to price your items? How did you know how to market your items? How did like what did you just have a lot of contacts and networking or did you go to specific people? Um, I feel like that's something I'm still working on. Yeah, <laughs> It's like a never ending process because in the beginning I was so I not, I was not confident in pricing my items mm-hmm. at all. And you very often underprice yourself because yeah. you think, Oh, well, I guess I think twice, even when I was, when somebody first asked, Oh, well, I'd like to buy this. And I was like, Oh my God, you do. And you just right. think, Right. And and you think, well, what do you want to pay for it? Yeah. <laughs> like, you tell me, you know, I wasn't really yeah. prepared um, until, you know, once I realized, um, I, I can't remember now who I was talking to, but just a fellow artist. And we were, they were saying, you know, this is your career. This is what you're making money from. So you can't be bashful. You know, anyone else who's doing a job gets money in return. And that's like, that's how you can't think of your, I think that's what's hard about saying yeah. you're an artist because so many people won't take that career seriously. Mm-hmm, yes. And and even for myself, I, it took me a little while to take myself seriously yeah. <laughs> and to be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And I make, I'm, you know, I am passionate about it. I'm going to do the best job I can mm-hmm. for somebody. So mm-hmm. in return, you have to feel good about, about how, yeah, what you're getting money wise. So well, it's still think, to this day so awkward. But I think people don't realize that like the price of a piece of work is mm-hmm. all of the hours that you put into it, all the preparation that you did. Like it's not just creating this thing. It's like yeah. all of the background behind it, all the time it took, the um, money for how much it was to like fire the piece, like all Absolutely. of that. There's so many hours that go into one piece. Yes. And I think, like, that's also a good point is this particular medium, as the clay, like working with the clay, has a lot of stage, a lot of steps and stages. And um, as, I mean, not to downplay, um, you know, painters and, and um, drawers, because I, I mean, I follow so I think they're amazing as well in their own mm-hmm. way, but there's, there's just extra stuff <laughs> you have to yeah. do for, for, you have to really you get to a certain point where you've made this piece and then you're not even sure if it's going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> so just because the kiln has a mind of its own and, um, well, sometimes luckily I've, I think I've uh, figured out an understanding with the kiln, but, um, but yeah, there's just a lot of, sometimes you have to explain that too. But, in, and even if you don't, it's like, I think setting the price and then being confident mm-hmm. about, knowing exactly what you just said all of those different stages that go into it and being able to to say to a client like this is what it takes Mm -hmm. and for them to also appreciate what it takes um you know now I'm getting better at that whereas Mm -hmm. in the beginning it it's just you know selling yourself is awkward and you're you have to just get used to to 
yeah. So standing up for, for what you're right. making basically, but, uh, it's, it's still sometimes an issue and I, the pricing, um, I, I do like pricing and materials and hours, but you can only really approximate hours from right. the beginning because yeah. usually I'll add a few at the end because it's always the case. You yeah, always, right. you, yes. you never know exactly how long it's going to yes. take basically because that's creativity. Can you <laughs> um, tell us, can, you, and, can yeah. you tell us about your style so that the people listening will be able to know or, um, you know what? What kind of a style do you go with? I see your pieces behind you, but give us a little bit of an idea. And, and also, oh, too, yeah. I'd love to know how far your pieces have gone. That's always That's fun so to great. know how far away have your pieces gone. You know, so tell us about that too, please. Okay, um, my style started with um, I don't know. If, oh, I have one here. I'm not sure if you can see them in the window. Oh, okay. <laughs> but this kind of um, staff style where I. I've noticed myself as an well as a as an artist, and in some of my everyday life, I'm more of a type A person mm-hmm. that you know likes to have uh, control of mm-hmm. like all the the stages of the art process. Uh-huh. But um, so, but I you know I also wanted to learn how to let go and how to let the piece develop um, in its own way as well. So I really liked this. Um, I would make a piece more looking more realistic as a whole mm-hmm. and then at the end I would cut it into pieces okay. and then I put it back together and that um really was out of my control in a way because you would stack them back together and they would make their own shape mm, wow. and mm-hmm. that it would would be more of an abstract piece okay. um and then I could perfect the lines so at least I had that I was like okay well I can perfect the lines and that's really satisfying but the piece itself has a little bit more of a story okay. um and so I started with and I did a whole bunch of those types of pieces that that um were not whole I guess well they were I fired them as a whole piece but I would put them back together in pieces beforehand and I um still do that sometimes where I'll have like a slice in one of my pieces but I now uh lately have been doing more wall pieces and those I also Mm. um try to have little separate uh, a lot of times I make the hooves or the legs or part of the piece a little separate from the from from the whole body and that's wow. still I think my style is making sure that there's still a little bit of um, movement so mm-hmm. that it's not structured just the way I want it at the mm-hmm. end I still have to play around with it and then it kind of takes on a life of its own mm-hmm. um, so I always try to leave room for that to, to let it surprise me a little bit nice. yeah. that's um, fun uh-huh. yeah 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 <laughs> um, and I mostly use a, a white clay a fine white clay and then um once it's fired i really love just the um the raw uh fired piece it's kind of an off white mm-hmm. but then it gives me i can also it gives me room to also play around with some color too mm-hmm, quite nice. easily because the clay will take um whether i use glaze or paint in the end it takes on the color mm-hmm. really easily or more nicely than darker colors or darker clays nice um and a little of the process is i will uh, usually sketch something first well 
maybe I should say usually I will sketch something that no one else can really make out what it is. <laughs> and then in my mind, at least I have something on paper, but then mm. uh, I'll sculpt the piece. Um, and then I have to hollow it or make sure that all of the, that it's the same thickness uh, all the way around mm-hmm. so that in the kiln, it fires okay and there's no cracks yes. and it can dry um, at a consistent rate. Um, then it will dry uh, depending on if it's a wall piece or a um, 3D sculpture, then I make sure that there's um, the appropriate uh, back or uh, yeah base at the bottom so that it can mm-hmm. stand or hang appropriately afterwards. And gosh, there's a lot. I'm trying to. I hope I don't so many get processes. And then after uh, it's dry, it has to be it dries completely bone dry you have to have to make sure you have to make sure that it's bone dry before it goes into the kiln um and then you fire it at uh i would my pieces i do around a thousand degrees Mm -hmm. so uh celsius which i don't know what that is in fahrenheit (laughs) but it's it's hot (laughs) um and uh, it's it's actually just uh it's a they call it stoneware but it's just below stoneware but it basically makes it Yes. Very strong. Beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm. And, but also still a little bit of, a a little bit porous uh, Mm -hmm. so that it can take on some glaze in case I choose Mm -hmm. to glaze it. Mm -hmm. Um, Many times when my pieces are bigger than the kiln though, so I have to put them back together with alternate uh, Mm -hmm. materials Mm -hmm. afterwards. So I use actually a car adhesive and it keeps car parts together. So then hopefully it'll keep ceramic together. (laughs) Uh Um, And yeah, and then once it's out of the kiln, and I'm putting, I either sure. put it back together or I choose if uh, I would like to add color or not. Mm-hmm. And um, nice. and then I think it either goes to somebody or it sits in my studio and waits for sure. me to figure out what to sure. do with it. <laughs> What's the furthest distance that you someone has purchased from you? Um, let me think. Uh, <clears throat> It's, it's really cool to see now where all of my uh, items have gone. I think either it, it has to be either L.A. or Australia, but I think both of them nice. in either right direction. direction. Are. <laughs> so all over, just all over. All over. Yes. Yeah, I've been meaning to. There's a, an artist that I follow, and she has a really cool um, uh, part on her website that when somebody purchases something, it also says where they are, and it has yes. a little map. Mm. And so you can see where they go. And I'm like, oh, how do you do that? I need to yeah. do that. It's, yeah. it's uh, really neat now to know that. And, you know, these types of things can live on and on past when I'm, you know, still mm-hmm. alive. So it's just, it's, uh, you think, wow, I've now scattered some of my, right. <laughs> a piece of myself around yeah, the world sure. in some way. It's pretty cool. Mm. What do you feel? And it shows you how many equine lovers are just everywhere. Right. Yeah. Right. What do you feel was your biggest accomplishment as an artist? Um, at this point, I think uh, I think in general, just just uh, uh, continuing on, even mm-hmm. when it took several years yes. to mm-hmm. believe that I could do this, just keep. Yes. Maybe you're asking maybe about a project that yes. 
um, was the turning point, which I also have one of those. But in general, I think now when I can just see how far I've come, because it's not often that you think, I should maybe think about that more because, of course, you're always thinking all the things you haven't done yet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's just the years where I was like, okay, I have this art business, you know, is this going to go anywhere? But you just keep making your, yes. what you want to make. And, you know, a person here and a person there are interested and yes. also and ask you to make something for them. And then all yes. of a sudden it develops and, yes. you know, it just goes to show you just have to keep doing what what you really love to do and you're going to be good at it at some point Mm because you love it. (laughs) One of the people Um, that my husband and I met along the way was John Lyons and a trainer here. And years ago, we just, we just said it's what you've done is, is just so unbelievable. And he brought up a good point, you know, that I think most people when they're doing something for a time, he said, Oh yes, like a twenty-year overnight success, people think, right? You know, it it takes it right. takes so long to get there, but but you do, you get there, and that's the thing. I think most people yeah. don't see the background of it and so forth too. That how long it takes, and mm-hmm. um, but I had right. one other question, sure. just one other question. Do you have people that request yeah. to for you to do a specific thing? Um, because sometimes uh, artists come to the place of where they realize I, I can do things for different people. And then it's like, no, I have my style and my talent. I don't want to cut into that because it's always somebody's expectation of what they think. And then you do it and they're like, no, that's not exactly what I was thinking. So do you basically do everything just from your own or do you also um, do some things that people ask you to do? I think some people kind of put that to the side at some point and say, no, I'm not going to, you know. Yeah, that's a good Point because in the beginning, just getting started, of course, I was like saying yes to whatever, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, related, really, but still, they were like, oh, I kind of want this, I kind of want that, and I said, oh, I think I could do that, um, but now, luckily, I haven't really come into um, a, a place where somebody's asked me, you know, yes. to make mm-hmm. really something out of yes. the ordinary, yeah. I think if someone mm-hmm. approaches me, they know at least the basics of what I've done right. because mm-hmm. social media is so great, you know, right. everything's just out there. But, yeah. um, and, and for the commissions that I'm doing, it's, I really do try to check in with the client to make sure we're on the same page mm-hmm. and there's tweaks mm-hmm. made here and there, mm-hmm. but so far they've, Good. everyone that I've worked with has been really nice. understanding yes. of my style nice. and it says like, yeah. do your thing, which I'm so lucky yeah. for because, you know, it's uh, yeah. You're established then be, at that point. You know, yeah, you I, are I established. You've come to that a, place, right? Yeah. I would like to think so, but there's always room for for improvement, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I I'm happy that people um, come. You know, they come to me yes. because they like my style, yes. which mm-hmm, is nice. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, I really don't. Uh, well, I would like to experiment a little bit more. I have mm-hmm. a lot of ideas, but mm-hmm. I haven't had a lot of time, right. mm-hmm. luckily, because I've been making, you know, pieces that are um, that are commissioned. But mm-hmm. eventually, I do want to make a little bit of time to sure. to just further further my own um, my own projects on the mm-hmm. side, and maybe then I'll another style will will arise. Yes, but we'll see. yes, that's <laughs> and exciting. So far, I'm still I still like kind of the clean neutral look. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
There couldn't be better timing yeah. for that either because everything is very, like, that is just right now, you know, too, which is really neat. But then you have the ability to change that with the glaze and the paint, like you said, which I think is just a really mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. Uh, way to be able to, you know, display it either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, it, it can, in the end, I can tweak it, um, you know, even if there's a little bit of color. Like, sometimes I add color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, this big thing for me. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, um, like, gold, I'll add in some gold. Mm-hmm. Or I think one, uh, I think it was only one, which I actually really liked how it came out. But um, I added some pink, just, like, drops over the top of one of my horses. Yeah. And it was you know, I was like, oh, this feels so crazy. <laughs> but, um, Way out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but that's but, the truth. So, yeah. you know, there's, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes, like, yeah. when once you have your style and you try yes. something new, it, it, it does, it can be the smallest <laughs> thing, but right. you, um, yeah. right. yeah, <laughs> you, right. it's uh, still, still very, yeah, out there, yeah. but eventually uh, I'll play around maybe with some glazes, because glazing is like a whole different talent to be mm-hmm. honest like the pe- when you see nicely glazed items mm-hmm. that takes a lot of yes a lot of talent yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're there you're doing it so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right well we're yeah. gonna take a short break and when we come back we'll enter our next segment canter banter this podcast is brought to you by ram horse fencing and stalls the one-stop shop for your horse farm ram is family owned and operated and has been in business for over 30 years We welcome you to call in and speak with an expert about your next project today at 866-653-8984. Again, that's 866-653-8984. Do you love horses and live the equestrian lifestyle? Be sure to check out our brand new blog at www.yourhorsefarm.com. We publish three posts per week and feature a free printable equine checklist every month. Yourhorsefarm.com is a great equine online resource, so be sure to share with all the horse lovers in your life. And remember, laugh much and ride often. I think I was 14. Um, and I had made the junior championships, which was at Dressage of Devon that year. And this was, I just was so thrilled, obviously. That was really, really um, just the best experience mm-hmm. at that time, or the best um, success that I had had at that time. And um, so we went to, to Dressage with Devin. Uh, have you been to Dressage with Devin? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's, it's definitely a place, if you have the chance, you should go. It's just a really special event. It's very personal. Um, they, have, they have two arenas, but they, they have a main arena where I think they're, it has a, maybe three to 5,000 um, seat capacity. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not huge, but it's... it's um, it's big enough for mm-hmm. sure, but it's also quite close to the ring. So you don't feel like you're, you know, watching from afar mm-hmm. and a lot of really wonderful riders go and also up and coming riders. So it's really nice mm-hmm. place to get, um, to see a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of nice dressage. And they also have a really great vendor area. So it just kind of combines a, a nice weekend together. Um, and Saturday night they do the, the musical curse. So that's really a nice thing mm-hmm. to watch. Anyways, so that's the setting. Um, and in this case, we, um, I went to compete and we had te- uh, three teams of four. Uh, so we did an individual um, rankings. We also did a team, a team class. And um, I, 
felt like it was already a success to be there. I was mm-hmm. just felt like a, a giddy schoolgirl just being mm-hmm. able to ride here. And um, so even, you know, if I came in last, I wouldn't have cared. I would have thought it was still just fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember this in the evening, it was an evening class and um, I rode and I had a great ride, you know, but like I said, I wasn't really um, expecting it to be one of the better ones. And one of the last, so uh, I rode, we went up into the stands and the stands were quite full then because it was a Saturday night. So everyone was getting ready for the musical freestyles afterwards. And uh, my dad was, was standing at the ledge. He's, you know, a, a show dad. So he's mm. always like riding so along with, <laughs> yes. with the, uh, in the arena next door. Um, <laughs> so he's uh, up in the stands and the last rider is going and I'm, I'm watching from down below. I still have my boots on and my, my jacket and everything. And um, she ended up um, getting the same score as me. So we tied for first. Wow. And oh I was like, just wow just didn't even I just was completely completely didn't know what was going on I just thought wow this is how did that happen you know and so I'm running up to my dad I run up the stands I have my boots on and I just am like grinning everyone around is you know the the Uh stands are filled and I run up the stairs and I trip and I fall flat on my face (laughs) and I hit I hit right out of (laughs) a huge just dig oh. into my forehead oh, no. and my dad is like holding his breath oh. just wondering what's going to happen because I, oh, no. I just remember getting up looking around really realizing like oh my god <laughs> oh, <you laughs> everyone's looking thing. at me because I was like dad oh my god oh my god and then I just Boom. hit the ground uh-huh. metal bleachers in the oh, face no. uh-huh. and you did all that writing and, and everything and never had anything and then you go up the steps <laughs> bless your heart exactly oh, bless your heart my dad oh. said the same and then he goes i'm glad you can ride better than you can walk oh you're so happy yeah, luckily, you were so excited laughing but oh yeah that's that's a tough so one. it was just yeah, a real, a real like moment of excitement Aww. turns into yeah, just a total Aww. yeah. Stop. <laughs> I just, just so yeah, I totally stumbled over myself. Aww. So, um, well, congratulations yeah, it, it on your good a win. Memory, but <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah, <Aww. laughs> it was a really awesome weekend. Aww. Yeah. Well, thank you for that story. That's quite a big yeah. one. So that's a big, yeah. big thing to do. So in both ways, writing and the what happens. So. <laughs> yes, I know. Just, oh, the, here I was trying to celebrate, and all I can remember so till this day is just falling flat my face oh. in front of a lot of people. Oh. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast. We encourage you to share with all your equestrian family and friends. You can tune into the Late Night Writers podcast show every Friday night. Each episode will be uploaded exclusively on YouTube where you can subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with all of our latest shows. Do you have a topic you'd like us to discuss? We want to hear from you. You may email us at podcast at or feel free to leave a comment below. Thank you again for listening.